0: Okay, we're in First uh, Timothy, chapter 1. We're going to finish off chapter 1. Listen, it's funny to me, I'm usually several weeks ahead in my study, and I wasn't this week. I'm, I was kind of learning chapter 2. Well, I know vaguely, you know, the book of First Timothy, I don't always remember where everything is located. When I read this, I thought, oh, Mother's Day. Lord, you are got a sense of humor, and you'll see why as we read down through it. Um, And I thought, like, well, I ain't going to teach this. I'll I'll teach on how great moms are, how awesome they are, which thing is, I believe, with my hard hearts. But I don't generally deviate from where we're... Because I have an idea, It's very sacred, and where we are is kind of where we are. And I think God schedules things. Like, I'm not the scheduler. I told you that already. I do a horrific job. And the fact that this should be here, all I can say is Happy Mother's Day uh, to... uh, to uh, God from you. And it's some of the most controversial verses on what it means to be a woman, a Christian woman, in church. And uh, it's controversial because we are so far as a country drifted away from God's ideals and from God's word and from God's ways. So we can stand back and, you know, say, uh, you know, God's a misogynist. And I've heard people say that. You know, so... uh, We'll talk about that here this morning. Let's uh, pray and jump into his word. Our Father, our God, we thank you for your word, priceless to us, means so much. And Lord, I make no apologies for what you have said, you have said. And I've said in the hearing of all these people, uh, you don't need an editor, you want a proclaimer. And so I'm just going to teach your word and let the chips fall where they may. And I think the people here know me, Lord. I'm not a hater, I'm not a... I'm not a misogynist. I think, I think we all know that. So, Father, I pray that this would be received like you want it to be received. And you'd be glorified in the whole process. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we looked at, at uh, in chapter 1, we finished with verse 17. We'll start in verse 18. I will read the passage. 18 down through chapter 2, verse 15. That will be our portion this, this morning. This this charge, I'm in First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou, by them, I love to be called up by somebody who has no sense of morality whatsoever, so they make up their own morality. We're supposed to do their morality, which is, the new morality is the old immorality. I don't know if you figured that one out yet. And we're not doing the new immorality; the old immorality, which is the new morality, and so suddenly we're bad because we don't keep what they think is right and wrong. And they're a mess. I've, I've listened to uh, Oprah talk about give marriage counseling. Like, Be married a day. i got 40 years. What do you got? She's telling me how to do it right. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. Unmarried marriage counselors, what a drag. People who don't follow Jesus Christ, telling me how to follow Jesus Christ. Tell me how to be moral. Forget about it. We just want to lead a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. We want to follow God to the best of our conscience. That's what I want, and we should pray to that end. We do that Sunday night, see you. With that in mind, we suspend Sunday night, we're going to have to move prayer to Wednesday night. That's all I can think about. Uh, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, that we live peaceable and godly nights uh, lives, yes, and that we pray for all those who have authority over us, and for all men. Um, this is good and acceptable in the, God of, uh, in the sight of God our Savior. By the way, who's God our Savior? Jesus Christ. That's just another one of the many, 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 many verses that deify Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is God. Just I I, we're in the neighborhood, I just want to point it out. Who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, we have this side of the church called Calvinism. Okay? You're saved from the foundation of the earth. Why? Because God decreed it. Save, 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 save. Oh, no, no. Nothing you can do. Well, I want to be saved. You can't. You can't even want to. Duck, duck, damn. You lose. I have a problem with that. This verse. God wills that all be saved. All aren't saved. That shows me something. God doesn't always get his way. If you give somebody free choice, and certainly if we're made in the image of God, and we are, we have free choice. I I don't see how else you can and they show me the verses. Hey, I've seen them all. I, I, I know which verses you're talking about. I, I know them so well, I could argue their point some, better than most of them can. And they just, if you look at the verses and you think like, okay, God's sovereign. Well, God's sovereign even if you're not a Calvinist. So they think his sovereignty extends over to every last choice you'll ever make. Whoa, 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 wait a second. I sin way too much for God to be that sovereign. He written a book, he said, don't steal. And if I steal, am I doing God's will or not doing God's will? I'm not doing God's will. But I can point back at God and say, see, this is how he made me. I'm a thief, what can I do? I'd like to stop stealing. Take it up with God. Stop it. God didn't make you sinful. You're born that way, and then you've made choices along the way. If you ever look in my life and you see anything that even remotely resembles godliness, that's God. If you see something like flesh and it's ugly and it's sinful and it's putrid, that's me, just in case you're wondering. And by choice and by birth, not because, oh, God did that to me and I'm going to blame God because I have this temper or I have this penchant for sinful appetites and I'm a glutton and I'm a lustful, arrogant, horrible human being. And God made me that way. Stop it. Just stop that. That's silly and it's not even... Wait, He wrote a book. They don't do this. Would he do that, write that to people if they had no choice? He presupposes that we're able to not do what he tells us not to do. He will have all men be saved. I want to tell you something about God. He will have all men be saved. The fact that there's people in hell, that's not God's will. Let's show us. I'm not going to get saved. I'm not listening. No, Thank you. You sure about that? I'm very sure. Okay. Okay. And God's like, if that's your determination, I respect your right to choose. God's willing that all men be saved. And He's made it one way to get saved. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. Is that important? It is in the last verse. This is going to explain, in my thinking, the last verse. Hey, there's only one God. There's only one mediated between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. The God, Christ Jesus? No, 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 no. The man, Christ Jesus. Adam, are you saying he's not God? You know better than that. Don't be silly. Don't be ridiculous. Of course Jesus is God. But it's not his Godhood that saves us. Oddly enough, it's his humanity. I'll prove it to you. You stay tuned, okay, if I ever get there. We're moving now, right? Uh, there's one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. By the way, don't pray to any other. Just, I don't know, seems to make obvious sense to me. Who, uh, Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. People say, ransom to who? Who'd he pay off? Did he pay off Satan for us? Did he pay off God? I don't think it, it rises to that. He's just paid for our salvation. He 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 bought us a ticket to heaven. He he purchased for us is, is kind of the idea, okay? Like like Satan had us bound and and Jesus like, here's the ransom money, you gotta let him go now or something. I just I don't see that. I don't think that's what it was all about. And you can disagree if you want. You can even disagree strongly. I think all it's saying is he paid for our sin. And, we, and don't extend the metaphor more than that. Where Now for this ransom he testified in due time that, that he, he paid for. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Verity there means truth. Obviously you knew that. Uh, so hear him that's what I'm all about that's what God's caused me to do he's caused me to tell everyone about that mediator between God and man the one who paid the ransom for our redemption and this is what I'm ordained by God to do I'm an apostle, I'm not lying about this, why would I lie about this? Uh, and I'm a teacher of the Gentiles, and we saw that in the book of Acts, and we saw it over and over and over again. I don't think there's any doubt about that, not at this point in this church's growth and development. I will therefore, because of this, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So men are the prayer people, women, just take a hike. Uh, no, no, I think, I think it means anthropos, I think it means mankind, but if it means men, fine. Fine. Because what would you, else would you be doing? I'm kind of sorry to see this too. I've never been in a church where women didn't dominate the prayer time. And I don't mean that dominate, that's the wrong word. I'm going to walk that back. That was, There was more women than men, more praying women than praying men. I've seen that all the time. Is that a bad thing? I'm so happy for those women. God bless you. It's not bad, it's just the bad part is that men aren't leading. That's the bad part. Men aren't leading. I don't know if you understand the disastrous effect this is going to have on your family, men. <laughs> I don't know if you thought this all the way through. It's Mother's Day, leave me alone. It's Father's Day, you can... No, it's, it's, we're, we're on the way, we're in the neighborhood. I, I'm not making this stuff up. Men, if you're failing in this, leading your family in things of God, you're failing miserably all over the place. I don't know how else to say it. Can I say that nicer? In a, I, I don't know. I look back on my life, and, and I think about this very often. At my funeral, if there be one, I think I'm going to be raptured. If I have a funeral, which, by the way, I would like to officiate, <laughs> the timing, I always think, is the, is the key there, right? You know? <laughs> Finish and then just tip over. Have your friends stuff you in a box. Just last thing you say is, I'll see you later. I'll tell Jesus you said hello and just blast off. That'll be real. That's what I want to do, but I don't know if it'll work out, right? But at my funeral, at the wake, at the visiting hours, all this stuff, I want people to say a certain thing about me. I really do. I've thought about this a lot. I don't want them to say, oh, he looks great. He looks dead. That's unnatural. That's awful. (laughs) I don't think God made us to die. You remember, we've, we've talked about this at length. I don't want that. I want, this, I want people to say, he's a good, and then fill in the blank. I want my wife to say, he's a good husband. He took care of me. He loved me. I want that. My kids, my grandkids, the, he was the best papa. He's a, he was a good dad. That's what I want. And then I want to engineer my life in reverse so that I, I take the steps to get there. I don't want my kids to rebel. He was such a hypocrite. Oh yeah, he was all he was all oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus this and Jesus that. He dad lived horribly. He was drunk, he beat us, he was a horrible man, he was a womanizer, he was a lot. Oh yeah, he preached the gospel, but he was who uh, if I fail here in home, if I haven't led my kids and my grandkids in the things of the Lord, that's a big fail. And I see it a lot of times. I see it like where people are like really harsh on their kids, really, it's all about rules and, and guy is like so harsh. And then as kids as soon as they're able to make that choice they leave Christianity like they're shot out of a gun because they, they're rebelling against dad's hypocrisy more often than not. And praise God that mom comes along and tries to do the right thing. I've seen it. I can't you how many times I've seen this. You've seen it. You can think of people as I'm talking you say, yeah, don't tell me about it. I know. I know. Listen, what does Paul say? I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. When you pray, you pray like this. Because the Bible says you've got to lift up holy hands, right? I don't think it's the position of it. I think it's lifting up you know, prayer and praise and things like that is the idea. I kind of like to lift my hands during prayer. Also during praise, just as me. Uh, and I think I got a verse. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like to do things uh, that have a verse attached to them. Uh, so I was teaching in a Baptist church, and I was teaching the high school class through First Timothy, I was using regular Baptist press, and the whole lesson was on why this verse doesn't mean what this verse obviously means, because <laughs> they like, oh, no, you lift up holy hands, you're a Pentecostal, and that's horrible. Like, it's the Bible that you say you guys like, that you say you're, it's the Word of God. Now, if you don't lift up holy hands because you're a heathen and a hypocrite and a horrible person, no, of course not. It's just suggesting, and, and, and it mirrors your heart of lifting up. I mean, the Old Testament, what did they do? The priest went into the, the altar of incense and lit, lit the incense on fire, and that sweet aroma rose to God. It's a picture of our prayers, and many times through in Scripture, incense and prayers are intermixed. The Spirit of God trying to say the picture of incense was was sweet aroma to the Lord, and so I think this is the same kind of idea that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, no wrath, no doubting, because we're reflecting God, we're asking God. It's not an angry, it's, and it's not it's not doubting. I I, I was watching that movie about Jesus um, the. Gospel of Luke and the actor who portrays him he 's not pretty at all, and I kind of like that and but he 's going to the it 's just reading from the i don 't know if it's King James or new king james it's reading, and the actors are acting it out and it's, it's so it 's all over and you can hear them talking in the background in Aramaic a little bit, but that 's not the central the, 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 the gospel narrative is the thing so the the part where the Centurion's servant is sick. This is—I think this is a wonderful scene. So Jesus is saying, you've you got to come down. You got to help him out. He's a good guy." And he's—and you know—they're all telling him, but you can't hear that. You just hear the narrative, you know. And so he, on his way, and so the so these guys come out and say, "No, no, you can't come into his house. We understand, you know, um, about the defiling and this and that." And you know, just look at—we understand. He sent us to tell you. He understands. You're a man of authority under authority. That you all you have to do is speak the word and his servant will be healed. Because he says go and somebody goes and he says you come over here and somebody comes over here and, 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 and the, the character who's playing Jesus he's, he's like, this is a great scene because he's like uber amazed like, you're kidding me, you know this? This is crazy. And he goes, I haven't seen a faith like this in all Israel. And he does a really good job of portraying his blessed stupefaction, if I can say that that way. He's, he's amazed and astounded and loving it. And the actor does a real good job. God, I, I, I have scenes like that in my mind, of God being like our faith in him. He loves that. He loves, listen, it's without wrath, without doubting, say, I'm a doubter. I don't, you know, if I say, I don't, well, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. At least be honest. Will he? I, I think so. I think so. In like manner, okay, we have praying men. I think it's praying mankind. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or golds or pearls or costly ray. Now, you know, we have ch- churches where guys are going through and making sure women don't <laughs> have any of these things on and these baubles and things. We've never been like that, right? And it says, you get, women have to, you know, so uh, a, a, a modest apparel. By the way, we, in the years that I've been here, women here do a really good job of modest apparel. I never had a, like a picture on the TV, okay? This is a hemline. This is a neckline. Those should be separate by at least a yard and a half of cloth. right? I never say that again. I mean, we don't have hemlines because women generally wear pants or jeans. Uh, women in dresses, that's fine. We never had a problem with that. Women in trousers, pants, we never had a problem with that. I don't have a picture. You don't have somebody at the door <laughs> tape measure. <laughs> and, and, but women do a good job. And if they don't, what I'd like to see is some non-Pharisee woman, a loving, kind, godly woman, hey, come here, come here, young lady, let's, let's have a talk. And just in a very godly, in a very gentle way say, you know, your body and men's uh, visual, and just, they don't go together real good, you should. And, but here he's calling women, okay, this is what I want. I want sobriety, shamefacedness, modesty. Oh, they all mean the same thing, too. Uh, with no braided hair. They used to have, back in the day, they used to have, like, when women would come to the altar for the, um, you know, if they had ribbons in their hair, the deacons carried a pair of scissors would cut the ribbons free of the hair. <laughs> Can you imagine such a thing? Um, in that day, braided hair meant something. That doesn't mean it now. Part of this, I have to say this, and it's going to kind of undermine my arguments if you're not, part of this is for that time and for that culture. It is. It just is. You say, so we allow women to teach and usurp authority over men now? No, I think that's a universal. You say, "Oh, you're going to just mix it up at your own convenience." No, I've studied these things, and I've studied them for years, and I've listened to everybody else. Hey, listen, who's the pastor who says he's a feminist? Me. Every time I say that, I know I aggravate people, but I'm an old-time feminist. I believe in equality of men and women. I don't believe one of those genders is superior to the other. Not at all. Not even a little bit. And I don't. I don't like people who. I, I don't like it when people think, "Oh, yeah, there's, there's a superior gender." At all! We're, both genders are created in the, in the image of God. I believe that. Do I want my granddaughter to grow up to be President of the United States? I'd be happy if she was a senator. I want her to have the opportunity. I, I'm telling you. And, and by the way, we're going to talk about what women can't do in the church and in the home for that matter, and here's the issue. Uh, So now we're going to extend that right across the culture. I would never work for a woman boss. What are you, what? Where's your verse? I would never vote for a woman for a public office. Really? Our governess, I didn't vote for her. No, I'm not trying to be, she's the first woman governor, God bless her. Maine, were kind of a little late to the game. I didn't vote for her. It had nothing to do with, it had nothing to do, listen, listen, listen good, it had nothing to do with the fact she was a woman. It had to do with her hysterical pro-abortion views to the point where she's going to sign a bill that you're paying for abortions from now on, and I'm paying for abortions from now on. That was my problem with her—not the fact that she was a woman. I'll vote for any pro-life woman. Either party, just me. I'm voting pro-life. Okay? You're saying, well, you don't see very many people with a D next to the name who're pro-life in Maine. You do a few Catholic people up in the county. Sue's told me that you know they come from very you know half French-speaking and stuff, and they're very traditionally pro-life, and so there are Democrats in Maine who are pro-life. There are not many. Um, just, I'm just saying. Women, back to women. Shamefacedness, uh, not with braided hair. And braided hair doesn't mean anything anymore. Uh, gold, gold or perl- pearls of costly array. Um, you know, that shouldn't be the whole thing. That shouldn't be the the whole package the whole. Am I against jewelry? Some churches are. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be one of them. Do we have women who are just you know million dollar hairstyles? Not the cut. The, all the gold and the opulence and the broided and the. No, it's not a really big thing in Maine, is it? Really, you know, we, it's not a, a thing we have a big problem with. But I want women to profess a certain godliness and they should look that way but with bec- which becometh women professing godliness with good works let the women learn in silence with all subjection God's a misogynist no God sets the agenda and there's two things and I'm not apologizing this way he says men you take the lead in the home and the church and I think the church is a reflection of the extension of the home in government no doesn't say that in work? No, it doesn't say that. I don't have problems there. I have problems where, where, okay, you have a single mom home. She said, I'd love to have a godly man who is leading us in the things of the Lord. To that, to that woman, God bless you. Do what you can. You, you're going to have to be mom and dad and everything else in between. I, I know, I understand is a man in the house? Job one. Lead your family in things of the Lord. I don't know how else to say it. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. Um, and in the church, I'm not really against women. You know that? I'm not against women teaching. I'm against women teaching in the church, like here, like now, what I'm doing. Um that's a that's a Calvary Chapel distinctive. And even then there are exceptions. Corey Tenboom spoke at uh, Chuck Smith's church, much to the dismay of much of the congregation. My whole thinking lighten up. It's Corey Tenboom. If you were here, you'd think I'd give her the mic. Hey, bless us. Tell us a thing or two. Yeah, I think I would. I think I would. a, a one off kind of thing. It's not a steady diet of that. I know there's churches where pastors are on vacation or at a conference or something. They have the wife speak. I think that's a very bad idea. Not my wife. She's she won't give you any bad doctrine. It's just not. I just don't think that's a good solid message. Now, if we have the odd Corey Ten Boom style person every great once in a while, I don't think that's what that's talking about. You know, uh, my wife is really blessed by Elizabeth Elliot. Uh, you know, the widowed. Um, partner of Jim Elliott who died 50 something years ago down in South America Aka Indians, big story point of the spear uh, you know uh, she's really blessed by her so am I that weird you out. I'm Sorry, I think she's a godly woman with a lot of godly things to say. I feel the same way about Rosemary Gallatin. Rosemary's gone on the Lord. We come to church Sunday morning and we'll listen to JCX and Sue has Rosemary Gallatin on. I like Rosemary. Is she preaching or pastoring over me? She's speaking in my life, but I let her. It's not on her, it's on me. And I think women have good and godly things to say. I'm not. a hater. I told you that already. And in the church of Jesus Christ, Jesus says, I have a certain way to do it. Is it just a cultural thing? No, it goes back to Adam and Eve. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. I suffer not a woman to teach me to usurp authority over men, to be in silence. Adam was first formed, then Eve. This goes back to the Garden of Eden. Am I a hater? I'm not. (laughs) I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Again, if you don't like it, take it up with God. Well, he's a misogynist. I ain't speaking to him. Okay. <laughs> no, he says this is the way it's supposed to be in the church. Jesus could have picked half six, seven, eight female disciples if he wanted to, female apostles. Yeah, what about that? Isn't there one in First Corinthians or Romans that June, uh, whatever her No, that's the guy's name. Everyone knows it, and that's one of the pegs that they hang their argument on. A misunderstanding of an apostle's name who happens to be a guy. And I've, I've t- over the years I've had all these debates, I've had all these talks, I've had all the doctrine. I've listened to their side of it because I didn't have a presupposition. I know I, I came from the Catholic side and we don't have any women priests over there in Catholic land. I get that. So I'm just going to take that and shortcut right into Christianity. No. What does the Bible say? Because that's who I am at the end of the day, a Bible guy. And I think women teaching is wonderful. We have women who are teaching right now your kids. You have a problem with a woman teaching five-year-old boys and girls? What about seven-year-old boys and girls? What about seventh grade boys and girls? What about high school boys and girls? Now, you see, there's a point where you start getting a little bit uneasier. But I think it's a case by case, and you know, where you are as, a, as a church, because they can teach up to 12 year old boys, and after that, they're young men, and women have nothing to do with them anymore. Well, okay, if you feel that way. And we have certain um, expectations and, and things along those lines, and we, we talk about those things. But this is what the book says. And so I get this I'm talking to a guy, and he's, well, she's a godly preacher. I'm not saying she's not. I'm just saying she doesn't belong in that role. And I'm saying it humbly. I'm not saying it arrogantly. What do you do with this verse? And I've had people go through these great histrionics to get around this verse. It's about a plain spoken as anything in the New Testament. I suffer not a woman to teach me to usurp authority of a man, but to be in silence. Adam was first formed, then Eve. This goes back to day one. Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. What does that got to do with anything? Because we're talking about doctrine. You can't be easily deceived. Guys are less easily deceived than women. They are in a different way on a different basis, guys are, but not doctrinally, not generally. I haven't read a theology book by a woman that I thought was worth anything. Just, just saying. Now we have women out there like uh, the aforementioned Rosemary Gallatin and, uh, you know, um, what did I say? Elliot, Elizabeth Eliot, who, who I love. And I will listen to them. But they're not generally teaching doctrine. They're not going verse by verse and teaching line. Generally not. And I, I, I haven't read any theological works by women. Who I, because they, if you have a trouble, I'm going to really go on a limb now. You're going to hate me. If you have trouble doctrinally in a church, well, how about, here's a good example. That uh, white, the one who came up with seven-day Adventism, she was cultic. I'm just, just saying. I'm not saying Seventh-day Adventists is generally, but I was started by a woman, and that wasn't a good thing at all. Adam wasn't deceived. The woman being deceived was in the transgression. You say, well, yeah, but Adam entered the sin with his eyes open. Correct. And that's worse in one way, but it's, it's in what the point Paul's making The deception, because he's talking about good doctrine and sound doctrine and being able to teach it and communicate it. Now, here's a verse, and we should almost save it for next time. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if she continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. So, listen to a thousand views on this. And the one said, um, okay, she'll be saved in childbearing means Christ. And I thought, like, yeah, that's nice, but that's not what it says. And I really dug down deep, and I think that is what it says in this. She shall be saved in... Childbearing isn't childbearing, it's, it's the act of having a child. What's the word there I'm looking for? Like, delivery, not that, but childbirth. Yeah. She'll be saved in childbirth. But it does not say she'll be saved in childbirth. It says she'll be saved in the childbirth. And I'm thinking... Oh, it's just Paul's fancy way of saying the incarnation. I think so. Didn't he say that back in verse 5? Didn't he introduce this topic? There is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. I told you, the man, Jesus Christ, saves us. How so? He came to the earth. Is the incarnation important? Oh, yeah, kind of. Could we get saved outside of the incarnation? I don't see how. How? He had to become a man. You know, people say like, you know, whales and porpoises, they're real smart and everything else. Jesus didn't become a whale. Can I say that reverently? He became a man. He had to become a man to save men. He didn't become an angel. He doesn't save angels. He had to put on flesh and dwell among us. Is the incarnation necessary for our salvation? I don't know how else you put God on a cross if he's not a man. He has to die. The wages of sin is death. Did Jesus die for our sins? Yeah, after he became a man. She is going uh, to be saved in child. Now, how many people think, oh, if you have children, you get saved? S- Seriously? <laughs> and some people say, well, it means saved in the, in the sense of, like, delivered. No, I think he's still talking about salvation here. She, he. All will be saved in childbearing, the childbearing, the child, childbirth. And I think that's what he's saying here. If he's not, I'd be happy to entertain any other notions. Uh, I'd be happy to tell me what you, because what saves us? Jesus Christ. He came to the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. We saw that last week in the, in the first chapter. I don't think he's saying something different now. There's a new method of salvation. Women, you, so happy Mother's Day. You had children. What a wonderful thing. Guys are just, we just, we're in awe of that. We could be right there. You, you're, you're laying on a bed somewhere, squeezing out a human being. This is crazy. We don't, we're like, ah, what's going on? We don't know. Here's some more ice chips. And we breathe with them. We don't, we don't know. This is, this, women can do this. Isn't that awesome? One woman did this one time to the salvation, at least the opportunity for men to be saved. I think this is what Paul's talking about. Women act a certain way. Don't act all slinky and all provocative. It's it's um, and again I say women do a good job. I'm, I'd be on this a long time. I would make a whole Sunday out of this if I thought women were a bunch of slinky people. I don't think that. But this is how it's supposed to be. Don't don't make it your your apparel, your your clothes, your your it's godliness. That's what we want you to dress in. That's all he's saying. Um, w- women hang back. Let the man teach. They need to do that in the church. And, and he goes, that's the, that, it's been that way since day one. Women, you have this uh, ability sometimes to be deceived. I think it's what verse 13, 14 is saying. But she will be saved through the introduction of Jesus into the world. If they continue in faith... And charity and holiness with sobriety. By the way, that's what he's saying all along. That they continue. Do people continue? No, some don't. Talk to Hymenaeus. Talk to Alexander. He delivered unto Satan. By the way, it is remedial that they may learn not to blaspheme. Do we deliver people to Satan? We put people out of the church. And then sometimes that's like the idea. That's Satan's domain out there. Have Adam. They'll figure it out. They'll come back once they're not under the protection of the church. Do we do that easily or no? We make those decisions painfully over prayer with tears. Sometimes, you know, the body has a cancer, and that tumor has to be removed. Um, Say, you you can't kick people out of the church. It's their only hope for, no, Paul did it. I'm asking people to stay. I'm asking people, to, women and men and everybody, to to stay, to to continue in faith and charity and holiness and sobriety. Okay, I didn't explain that all as much as I'd like to. Our time is spent. I know you guys get places to go. We'll stand, we'll pray. Uh, Our uh, worship team will come. So, women, what do you know? (laughs) No women pastors. Just sit there and shut up. No, nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying that. That's not, I think he's saying, don't be disruptive, don't be a disrupting force. Do we have that problem here? Thankfully, we do not. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't, I'm not sorry. I take that back. I didn't choose the topic, it chose us. And that's what I think God felt like mothers had to hear this morning. We love you, we think you're amazing. We really do. Let's, uh, let's pray. Our Father and our God, we pray you'd bless all the moms here this morning and bless our mothers as well, the ones even who aren't here who have gone on their reward. Lord, I pray your blessing on uh, your word to our understanding. I know it's a hard word, and uh, I, I, I pray that people, re- re- especially women, will receive it in the sensitive way that I meant it. And Lord, be blessed. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen. It is our desire to get God's word out to all. So our podcast and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses. And if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want, how dear, I count it all as long. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out.